NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Imagine you're on a John Deere mower with a smooth ride, intuitive controls, and attachments for every season. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. You're listening to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast with Karen McMahon. We invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and enable you to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. Retirement can be so many different complicated things, some of which may not be divisible, all of which have different consequences. So one of the easiest things people can do um, in terms of educating themselves and, and helping this process along. It's so simple. Find out the actual legal name of the plan. Welcome to the High Net Worth Divorce Playbook, where we introduce you to the experts who can inform, guide, and support you through the unique complexities of your divorce. Throughout this series, you will hear from the best of the best on topics including the art of negotiating, how to divide and distribute 
complex assets and what you need to know about splitting pensions, what your attorney doesn't know and how that can hurt you, how to find hidden assets, and the key to protecting you and your family's financial future. Welcome back to the High Net Worth Divorce Playbook. This episode is entitled Avoid Retirement Nightmares and is jam-packed with vitally important and rather complex information about retirement benefits. Today's guest, Emily McBurney, lives, breathes, and loves this area of law and explains why it's so important that you understand the basics and that your attorney does as well. While this is a rather dense and complex topic, Emily beautifully explains it in layperson terms and has peppered our conversation with excellent and sometimes jaw-dropping stories that explain the pitfalls and financial consequences of getting it wrong. I encourage you to listen carefully and probably more than once. This no doubt will be a valuable investment in your time. Emily McBurney is a recognized expert in the field of qualified domestic relations orders, better known as quadros, and provides quadro preparation and consultation services for clients across the country. Her law practice, Emily W. McBurney, PC, has been exclusively devoted to quadros and other retirement benefit matters for 20 years. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about having you on the show. I uh, I actually want to start by saying to our listeners, I've been reading a number of Emily's articles, and there's a lot of information here. And while she's going to walk us through it, I really want to encourage you to as many of you do, you listen to the episodes more than once. And with this particular episode, really listen the first time for the broad strokes. Uh, otherwise, you could get overwhelmed. I, I am not going through a divorce, and I don't have all this money on the table. And I found it a lot to absorb. So today, I really invite you to, to listen for the broad strokes and then go back and listen again with pen and paper. Uh, because there's so much valuable information here. So before we get into the details, Emily, can you just explain to our listeners um, your role uh, as part of the divorce team? Yes, absolutely. That's a great place to start. So I am a quadro, I'm an attorney uh, who specializes in quadros and the division of retirement assets in divorce cases. So I'm not a divorce lawyer. I don't handle your divorce. I am a one-trick pony, um, and all I handle is the division of retirement assets. And before we go any further, I should probably explain what a quadro is. Yes. Your next question. So a quadro is an acronym that stands for Qualified Domestic Relations Order. And in simplest terms, it's just an order that lets a retirement plan pay someone other than the employee. So you can't just hand someone part of your 401k or part of your pension. Under federal law, the employer can't pay anyone other than the employee. But a quadro is a specialized order issued by a family law court um, that allows, it gives permission to 
the employer to give money to someone else. And technically, the people who are eligible to receive a quadro, the most common is spouse and former spouse, but it also could be a child or other dependent um, of the employee. So quadros can be used, we think of them mostly in terms of divorce, but they can be used for child support, for other support, for alimony. Um, but so a quadro is just the paperwork that lets an employer pay money from a retirement plan to someone who's not the employee. Okay. And before we dive into the details of that, so as a quadro expert, are you primarily hired by the matrimonial attorney? Yes. Most of the time, um, nearly all of my clients come from the family law attorney. Um, I used to say for years, like nobody ever like on the playground, I don't get clients like hanging out on the playground with other moms, but then that happened once. Like a friend of mine <laughs> was at the playground with her kids and someone said to her, I need to find someone who can do a quadro. <laughs> and my friend was like, seriously? <laughs> um, so I did get a client that way. But other than that, uh, or, you know, former clients, 99% of, of the time I'm brought into the case by the um, family law attorney, matrimonial attorney, um, who knows this is something specialized that I need help with. Excellent. And, and, and while you're about to hear all the complexities of what Emily uh, does for her clients, it's, I want to say how important it is that the clients I've worked with, no matter how little or how many assets they have, there is a tremendous fear around finances. And so, so my message on the front end of this interview is there's a difference between spending and investing and creating a team, especially when you're high net worth, that, uh, that is going to help you through the complexities is an investment in your future security. And I think that you'll realize that by the end of our conversation, choosing not to have those experts um, can be very dangerous. And today's, uh, today's episode is going to explain to you just why. Absolutely. And I should say that I, um, I give presentations to attorneys all the time about ways that um, they could be messing this stuff up. Um, and I always say, like, the key is to do your homework, to get the information up front. And I'll say a lot of times your clients don't want to pay, it, you know, up front to do all this discovery or to like, why are you wasting time trying to find this detail? And the answer is you can pay now or you can pay more later. Um, so it's much better to do everything up front before you make a deal, before you sign off on your divorce. Um, you're going to end up paying one way or another. Um, so it is much less expensive um, and easier to do that all up front. And then, um, and that includes bringing in experts. They are, you know, they are worth the extra cost. They can save you so much money as some of my examples will show. Yeah. And I think that it's important to know that your attorney is, if you've hired a very good attorney, uh, they're going to be well-schooled in uh, the law and in negotiations. Um, and even though they may kind of play in this playground of all the details of finances, that that's not their 
area of expertise. And, um, and again, you're about to hear a number of stories that will highlight that. So just um, listen in and, um, and keep that in mind as you're, you're listening to all that Emily has to share with us. So you said what a quadro is. Uh, let's just talk a little bit more about um, why we need a quadro expert and some of the things that uh, our listeners want to pay attention to. Sure. So it's just an area of the law. It's very specialized and technical, and it, there's just an infinite number of ways you can mess it up without even realizing it. And it's sort of an offshoot of family law, which is why most family law or many family law attorneys know enough to say, I don't, this isn't my area of specialty. I'm going to bring in an expert Um, because unlike like divorce law is a function entirely of state law. Each state has their own family, you know, domestic relations laws retirement benefits fall under federal law. Um, and all uh, we're talking mostly about employer-based retirement, retirement you earn from your job. Employers are subject to this very complicated federal law called ERISA. Um, and the division of retirement assets in divorce has to be consistent it has to meet the terms of ERISA, the federal law that the employers have to follow, and also the specific terms of each retirement plan. So every pension and every 401k has its own rules and quirks. Um, and so whereas in the main part of your divorce, your attorney just has to figure out like, will the judge accept this? This is consistent with our state law. It doesn't matter what the judge says about your quadro, about your retirement benefits, there's a higher authority. And that authority is the plan administrator, the employer um, who has to make sure that they're following all those federal rules. So it's just like a whole other universe of technicalities. Are all quadro experts attorneys? Most of, mostly, yes. I have run across a few that are not, or they're like, I know one that's a retired judge. I feel strongly like you're drafting a legal document. And so to my mind, it's the unauthorized practice of law. Um, but I have um, seen that happen. So, I, I mean, I know there are financial experts who feel like, well, I could do this, um, but it is legal terminology. It's a court order that has to be signed by a judge. Yeah. So just as you're listening and take note, I did not realize that. So take note of that, that you're really looking you want to make sure that if someone's recommending a quadro expert, that they are that they're an attorney. Um, so you're saying there's an infinite ways of messing up. Do you have, do you have a, 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 an example that you might be able to share with us? So I've been doing nothing but this for 20 years, so I have hundreds of examples. Um, but one of the, one of the most one of the ones I use the most often, just because it's so jarring, is I was involved in a case several years ago now. Um, I was actually brought in because it was a malpractice action. So I wasn't involved in the quadro in this case. Um, But um, the husband and wife split and they had a settlement agreement that said that she was going to get half of the 401k and her attorney prepared the quadro um, and she did it using the form provided by the company, by the plan administrator. Um, And that's a whole subject we can get into later about those forms, 
but the attorney just filled out the form. Both parties signed it, the judge signed it. It went to the plan administrator, it was approved. And then the wife received about $400,000 less than she expected um, from the quadro. Um, So uh, that's a big mistake. And so she at first got you know, furious at her ex-husband, like, what did you do? You screwed me over. Um, and he said, I just signed the quadro your, your lawyer gave me. Like, I didn't do anything. So it turned out um, when they brought me in, uh, in filling out the form, the wife's attorney had just checked, you know, these forms have these check boxes, um, and she had checked off 50% of the marital portion of the 401k, not 50% of the 401k balance. So in this case, most of the money in his account was premarital. So all of that was excluded when when the company went in and read the quadro and divvied up the money, the marital portion was very small. Um, And I can so easily see how that attorney was just going through and checking the boxes and marital portion sounds like what we're doing, like you're dividing up the marital estate. Um, It was a $400,000 error, totally easy to do without even noticing. Fortunately, in that case, the ex-husband was like, "Uh, yeah, I do owe that amount. Like that's what um, I agreed to and it was fixable. There are scenarios where that's not fixable. Um, And it was, if nothing else, was terrible shock and headache uh, that took quite a while to untangle. So that's just one example I can give that I was involved with that really makes you sit up and pay attention. (laughs) Beautiful. So that story really points to that earlier point of yours, that family law attorneys, there's a lot that they don't know when it comes to this. And I always say I have the greatest respect for family law attorneys. I used to always work in firms that were just made up of family law attorneys. They have a hundred fires going at once. They've got custody battles going on. They've got emergencies. They've got all sorts of hats they have to wear. Um, And this is the kind of work that unless you're immersed in it all the time and you don't have emergency court hearings and, you know, people calling from the airport with a custody battle, um, you, you can't pay the attention to it that you need to. And unless you get you know, steeped in that terminology, like what's the difference between the marital portion and just the account balance, um, you're going to miss stuff. And and so that's, that's why like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle a divorce case. That's way too many things to keep track of. Right, right. And (laughs) that that makes so much sense. And and for those listening in, our, our next show is actually with a matrimonial attorney and it's, it's titled what your attorney doesn't know and how it can hurt you. So it, 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 um, it follows what Emily is saying and so much more. So make sure to tune into that as well. Is there anything else on quadros before we move on, Emily? Um, well, there's hours about (laughs) what we can talk about. Um, no, just to the first step is just to know that this exists and that it is going to be another thing that has to be taken care of in your divorce. A lot of times clients come to me because their divorce lawyer sent them to me after the divorce 
and they're just like, I don't even know what this is. I don't know why I have to hire you. Um, I thought this was all done. What do you mean? I have to wait a few months to get my money. Like, this is so complicated. Um, so just knowing upfront, like if you're getting a portion of retirement benefits, this is going to be involved. Excellent. So let's talk then about how this whole area of retirement benefits works and what the process is. And to your point, what the time frame is, um, yeah, and and so let's just start by like listing what are what are the types of benefits that our listeners should be looking for, uh, whether they're you know the the moneyed spouse or the um, the other spouse. Yeah, so a real pet peeve of mine is you know I prefer to get involved in the case before the divorce is final, so that I can look at the agreement and make sure none of these mistakes have been made up front. Uh, but most of the time, still, I'm brought in after everything's signed and sealed. So when I open up a settlement agreement or a divorce decree that says wife shall receive 50% of husband's retirement, and that's all it says, I have little heart attacks because retirement means a lot of things. So just listing, you know, and they, and they are divided differently. They have different consequences, different taxes, all kinds of stuff. And so it's not just retirement you should understand that there's a bucket with all kinds of different components. So there's the most common um, is a 401k or there are other type plans like a 401k. Those are called defined contribution plans. Those are the most common these days. And the way to think about those, they're called defined contribution plans because they are set up so that you can't know today what is going to be in that account when you retire because it's a separate account in the employee's name with actual money in it um, that's fluctuating with the market. And what's defined is the employer is putting in a certain defined percentage of salary and the employee can also be putting in a certain percentage of salary. So you know what's going in to that account, but you don't know what's going to be in that account 20 years from now or 10 years from now because it all depends on the market. Um, but it is a definable, like we have a 401k that has a hundred thousand dollars in it. That's actually, that's an account you could take money out of. Um, that's the most common. The second most common is a defined benefit plan, which the easiest way to think about that is a traditional pension plan. You work for UPS for 30 years. When you retire, you're going to get a monthly pension, um, payable for your lifetime with a survivor benefit. Um, so defined benefit plans, pension plans are the opposite in a way of 401k plans because what's, you can sit down today and figure out pretty much what your benefit's going to be at retirement, even if that's 20 years from now, because it's based on a formula. Um, what's defined is the benefit. And that means it's going to be a formula that is spelled out in a big complicated document that says, if you retire when you reach this age and you've had this many years of service and this is your salary at that time, your monthly benefit is going to be X. So you, you can figure it out, but there isn't a separate account with the employee's money in it. It's a giant trust fund that pays out money to all the employees. Um, so, but pension plans, you just think of as, you know, the traditional, you work for the post office. Um, when you retire, you get a certain benefit. That's a pension plan. There's also other types of retirement like IRAs um, and uh, what we call non-qualified plans. If, if you are a higher level executive, 
you might have all different forms of what we call non-qualified plans, which are, they're called supplemental plans, excess plans, supplemental executive retirement plans, or SERPs. There's like a whole alphabet soup of what these can be, but they're basically ways for higher earning employees to get more money into retirement than that um, they can get under a a qualified plan that that meets the terms of uh, the federal law. So they're just like extra buckets of money, but they are usually not secure. So whereas your your right to get your pension, your qualified pension is guaranteed, um, usually non-qualified plans are just, they're unfunded. Um, Your right to receive them depends on they're often golden handcuffs. So if you have to stay at the company for a certain number of t- amount of time and the company has to have the money um, <laughs> when uh, you retire. So I just, is a, there's lots of examples. Um, I work in Atlanta. So the most important one here is when Delta went bankrupt in 2006, all the pilots had millions of dollars in non-qualified benefits. Um, and I mean, there were some very sad stories around those times, you know, retirees and working pilots. Um, the day Enron, Arthur Anderson, Lehman Brothers, Delta, the minute they file for bankruptcy, you're just in line with the regular creditors of the company for yeah. those non-qualified plans. And so it with a keystroke, like millions of dollars, hundreds of million dollars got wiped out. And so it's important to know that if you're negotiating about non-qualified money. And the last thing I'll say for now about non-qualified money is um, it's often not divisible. Um, It doesn't have to follow those federal rules. Um, It does not have to offer quadros or accept them. And so one of the biggest things I see is people agreeing, we're going to split this excess benefit plan 50-50 by quadro. And then I open the agreement. I say, oh, let's hope this is one of the few non-qualified plans that accepts quadros. Nowadays, more do than used to, but still they don't have to. They're, the terms in the legal document that sets up the plan, it will say, this is non-assignable, non-divisible. We're only paying the employee period. Yeah. Um, so, so as you unpeel this onion, I can see <laughs> how, how multi-layered it is and how it's so complex on every single layer. And I can't imagine now that a matrimonial attorney would understand all of the granular details that you're sharing with us. Absolutely. And I will say this, I, you know, all day I get phone calls from potential clients and I have this conversation frequently, several times a week of like, why do you need me? Um, I don't understand why my divorce lawyer doesn't know how to do this. It just seems so simple. We're just, I've just given her half my 401k. What's the big deal? And I say plenty of these are not a big deal and they are very straightforward. There's just, I've been doing this so long. I can tell you, they will never run out of new ways for this to be more complicated than people expect or think. And, um, you know, I literally could talk all day about this, but nobody wants to hear it. Um, But just to, there's just a few other levels of um, uh, types of retirement that I just want to touch on quickly. And that is, Um, The military has its own entirely separate retirement system that I do not touch. There are actually people who specialize only in the division of military retirement assets, and I won't touch them with a 10-foot pole. They're that complicated, and they have their own, you know, 
lingo and all that. And I have never wanted to figure that out. And I would caution anyone who is getting a divorce when there's military benefits involved, please do not just let your divorce lawyer uh, wing it um, because that the military is something where if you don't get it right the first time, you don't get a second bite at the apple. If it's messed up, it's messed up forever. Um, similarly, federal civil service, um, and if you work for the federal government but not the military, they have their own 401k-like um, retirement plan and pension plan, which operates very differently from regular pension plans. Um, I do those, and there are lots of people who know much more than I do about this who specialize in that, but they're just a whole other, it's like a parallel system that's sort of similar, but sort of different, and it is another one where you have to get it right or else you can lose benefits forever. Calming the chaos of divorce begins with quieting your mind and getting clear on what you want and how to get it. That's why we created the Divorce Survival Kit. It's an easy-to-digest guide with five essential tips that help transform your suffering into valuable insights and your confusion into effective action. So go to DivorceRecoveryLifeline.com and grab your Divorce Survival Kit today. And last, I will just touch on um, state and local governments. By Under the federal law, they don't have to follow. They can choose whether they follow the quadro rules or not. Um, I, I'm in Georgia, and Georgia state and local government benefits are not subject to quadro, or each individual state and local government can decide. Um, so I get a lot, I mean, I'm working on a couple now, um, you know, where the, the earning spouse is a firefighter or a teacher, um, and their main asset is the pension and they have agreed that they're going to split it by quadro and those plans don't accept quadros. They only will pay the employee period. Um, and that's a matter of state law. Um, and there are plenty of states where they are divisible, but I'm still amazed at how many attorneys just in my state don't realize um, that what is often the largest asset is not going to be payable directly. Like part of it's not going to be payable directly to the former spouse after divorce. You know, so often we talk to our clients about um, the value and importance of being educated. And, you know, if you're going through a divorce, there, there's some part of your story where you want to stamp, stomp your feet and say, it's not fair. And here's a perfect example of where um, you could find yourself in that position. And I'm so glad that we're having this conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm becoming so informed and it's like such a vitally important piece and not even just for the executives, like you're saying, teachers, yeah. firefighters, like across the board, how important this piece is. Um, I did have a client and her, her ex was a very um, high earning salesperson and uh the quadro did have to be completely redone and have an expert come in. And it was months and months and, and a lot of um, emotional turmoil. So, so I, I, I've experienced this at least once in my own practice with one of my clients. I'm curious, cause I know you're filled uh, with stories. So everything has different considerations. Um, you were talking about an example um, uh, about a dispute between, I think it was an IRA and a 401k. Can you share that story? 
Yes, I can. And that one still, um, people tend, lawyers included, tend to think of IRAs and 401ks as interchangeable mm-hmm. um, because they look the same, right? That you can go on, online, see your account statement, you're putting money in, the company's putting money in to a 401k. It's a pot of money. Um, and they are technically both defined contribution plans, but in this one universe, um, there's a big difference. And the best way I can explain it is um, when you do a quadro for a 401k, um, the money gets put after the quadro is approved, it gets put into a separate account for the non-employee spouse. And then that recipient can decide, do I want to take cash? Um, you know, if I, uh, or roll it over into another retirement account, but it is, it is one benefit of a quadro is there's an opportunity for the recipient to take some cash um, out of the 401k, out of her portion of the 401k, without being subject to the extra 10% early withdrawal penalty. Like if you take money out of a retirement account before you're age 59 and a half, you're going to be taxed on it and also get hit with a 10% penalty um, for being too young. To take it out. And, you know, sometimes my clients have to do that. Um, but so in this case, I had, and I've seen this in many scenarios or when people don't realize, like, they'll have an agreement that says wife's going to get 50% or any percent of the 401k by quadro. And then in the meantime, the husband has transferred it into an IRA thinking it makes no difference. So I had a case years ago, it was a contempt case because the husband owed the wife a whole bunch of child support and um, back child support and I think alimony as well. Um, and during all of this litigation, he just rolled his, he quit his job and rolled all of his 401k money into an IRA. And they had worked out a deal. Let's just say she was going to get $20,000. They made a deal to be done with the contempt action for all the support I owe you, I'm going to pay you this $20,000 by quadro from my 401k. So they enter that, the judge enters that. Um, it turns out he's moved the money into an IRA. Um, well, she's now going to get, it, this is cash she needs because it's support that she hasn't been paid. She's to take care of the children. Um, so she needs that actual dollar amount that they've agreed to, but she's not going to get that dollar amount because she's going to be hit with a 10% penalty because the money's in an IRA, not a 401k. And so from his perspective, he's like $20,000 left my account. That's all I agreed to do. And she says, but I'm not getting, (laughs) I mean, and you can imagine the numbers being bigger. Um, she's not getting that amount because he was imprecise (laughs) at best about where the money was. I've dealt with people in this situation who genuinely didn't know there was a difference. Um, And then sometimes I think people who are just, you know, doing what they want. Um, But that ended up being super expensive litigation about both sides had an argument. Like, you know, he'd he'd lost $20,000. She didn't get $20,000. That was just like a nightmare that... If just anyone had thought to ask, where is this money sitting right now? <laughs> um, it, it, the whole thing could have been resolved. They would have wow. agreed to a different amount or they would have come up with a way around it. Right. Wow. Yeah. So very expensive mistakes. Um, and so there are some uh, 
there are some some lessons here that you want to share with our listeners. Yes. So, like I said, I always tell people, you can pay you can pay now, or you can pay more later. Like you can just decide, oh, look, it looks like four hundred one k. We're just going to get this done, or just say half the retirement and move on. And I get how that happens. Like I've seen these mediations. You can be midnight and you're still mediating and you've been dealing with all the difficult stuff. Where are the kids going to live? Like what's going to happen to the house, all this stuff. And then at, you know, 1130, you get to retirement and you just say, let's just split everything. Um, And you write that down in your memo of mediation of settlement and you move on. Well, Retirement can be so many different complicated things, some of which may not be divisible, all of which have different consequences. So one of the easiest things people can do um, in terms of educating themselves and, and helping this process along, it's so simple. Find out the actual legal name of the plan. That's like a gold mine. Like people will just say husband's 401k or wife's pension, but Those things have names, like they might be called, you know, the Google 401k plan, then you know it's a 401k. Um, It might be called the Google non-qualified deferred compensation plan, which is a red flag that it's not qualified and possibly not divisible. So it's like a little key, Um, just getting an account statement or anything that shows what is the name, because they often have big hints in there, like it will be called pension plan. (laughs) or it will be called something, you know, that will tip you off. And so that's all part of go into negotiations or trial or whatever it is with as much information as you can get, including account statements. Like I can't, I don't understand how often I get clients who come to me and all they have is an account statement for the 401k from two years ago. Like, well, gosh, like, does, are there any loans on the account? Like, have there been withdrawals over this period? Um, You're entitled to that when you're negotiating. Um, And it may be one of those things that everyone thinks, oh, let's not just not like fuss about that now because we have bigger fish to fry, but that's going to turn out down the road to be a fish you wanted to to have fried up front. I don't think that metaphor makes sense. um, um, So just... And also people will say, well, I don't know, it's a pension, like, I don't know what it is. Well, pension plans are required annually to send out a benefit statement. And again, a pension, it's not an account with money in it, like a 401k that should give you monthly or quarterly statements, but annually or upon request, they can provide something that says, if you retired today, here is what you would get. Here are the options, like there, maybe there's a lump sum option at retirement, maybe there's you know, different levels of survivor benefit, Um, at least annually, anyone participating in a pension can get that information. And that's really helpful instead of negotiating about a black hole uh, that you don't know. Um, And when is the earliest retirement age? Like, do they have to work till 65? Could you get paid at 55? All of that would be in a benefit statement. Beautiful. So, you know, just like your um, attorney tells you to, uh, you know, put together that net worth statement and all the background information that goes with it. We're getting very granular here about retirement mm-hmm. and understanding the exact name of, of, an, of a fund or an account, um, it, having that documentation, having something that is current and, and, and not uh, a year or two older 
um, is all really, really important information. And, and it is, you know, it's the whole finances of divorce is very overwhelming. And it's, as you hear in every interview I do, it's just, it's not something that you want to speed through. And uh, the retirement falls into that exact same category and can be a lot of money left on the table. Divorces and education and all kinds of things most people never wanted to know about. Um, And like, uh, it's like if you have a terrible illness and you feel, I have a friend who feels like, like, I should be a doctor at this point. Like I have dealt with so many medical things. Um, You know, I'm divorced myself and have been for a very long time. And, you know, my husband and I met in law school and I still like (laughs) didn't want to know any of this stuff. Didn't, you know, just most of us are happy to never know a thing about this. I feel like my role, like I always tell new clients, like I don't expect you to know anything about this and I don't think you want to learn about it. Like part of the benefit of hiring an expert is like, I'm the one that has to think through it, figure out whether it's qualified or not qualified and, and, you know, do the math or whatever. And you don't have to, cause I know personally the emotional component of the divorce and your children and your home and all that stuff is feels much more important. Um, and it, uh, to me, if I, I would want to have somebody who knew what they were doing, walk me through it rather than trying to, you know, shepherd it myself. Absolutely. Uh, so where do we go from here with this conversation, Emily? Let's talk a little bit about just the mechanics. Cause I think, um, well, I can demystify it and also give some more helpful sort of tips to think about and to talk to your lawyer about. Um, so once you've gathered all the information and you've um, negotiated, let's say you have an agreement and you're going to split the retirement, which you have carefully defined, um, you'd say you're going to split it 50-50, um, which is not always how it is. That's just an example I'm using. Um, your agreement should say, we're going to do this by quadro, and it should say, like, who's responsible for getting that quadro done? Um, because I get a lot of kids. I have several right now that nobody ever did the quadro because it was nobody's responsibility. Um, the passage of time after your divorce is not your friend in terms of getting the stuff done. And I can talk about that more later. Um, but I always, when I'm brought into a case, almost always, I will prepare the quadro um, which I have to do so that it conforms to the terms of what was agreed to or what the judge ordered and the terms of the plan of what they will allow and the federal law that governs it. And I almost always send in a draft quadro to be reviewed by whoever it is at the company who is responsible. Um, And I do that even in times when I say to myself, it's not really necessary. Like this is so standard, this one, like I'm not doing anything funky. Um, Why should we take the time? But I just had one the other day where I was like, I probably don't need to send this in. This is so plain vanilla. And I sent in the draft. And a few weeks later, I got back the feedback. And there was a section of like what is truly boilerplate. Like I have done thousands of quadros with these sentences in it. And so was everyone else. And the plan said, actually, you have to delete those three sentences because like that's not what our plan provides for. And it was such a like meaningless thing. It didn't matter whether it was in the quadro or not. Um, But 
if I hadn't sent in the draft, then what would have happened would have been we would have gone through the time and money to get the parties to sign it, to get the judge to sign it, to send it in, and then have the plan say, we, you have to take out these two sentences, and then we would have spent more time and money to do it all over again. So um, I, I'm a big proponent of this is, there's so many ways things can change. The name of the plan could have changed. I, I've done a quadro once where like I got a draft reviewed, um, <laughs> then there was a delay in getting everyone to sign it. And then I sent it into the plan administrator and they were like, now the name of our plan is something else. We amended it last month. And they made me do a whole new one. Um, so, which is so stupid. I mean, it was not hard to do, just change the name. And But like, um, it always helps to, to be prepared that way. Um, so what happens is, as I've been alluding to, is someone will prepare the quadro, get a draft reviewed, make any changes. Ideally, it's by consent and both parties sign it. I always like to have both parties sign it for many reasons. Um, but I particularly don't want the process to be completed, someone to get their money and then the other party to say, wait, that's not what I thought she was going to get. So I like to have everybody sign their consent. And most judges would like to see everyone signing off on it because the judge doesn't want to read this complicated document either. Um, (laughs) Trust me, um, they are not getting in the nitty gritty here. They're saying, okay, these attorneys are sending this in and everybody signed off on it. Great. Um, Some judges will go back and look like, what does the agreement say is, does this look really strange? Um, so, so the judge signs it and then you send it into the plan administrator and they formally approve it. And then when they approve the quadro for a 401k, usually what happens is the parties will get a letter that says, okay, we've approved this quadro. We've set up a separate account in the 401k in the wife's name and put this money in it. And now here's what she needs to do to get access to her new account. And here's her choices. She can roll it into an IRA. Um, She can take cash. She can do a combination. If she takes cash, she's going to be taxed, but there's no 10% early withdrawal penalty. Um, And with a pension, it's a bit more complicated because um, if the person is, say, many years before retirement, um, they will say, like, okay, we've got you set up in our system with your benefit. And usually then um, the recipient can request benefit estimates, like what I described earlier about what um, plan participants get every year. Now, the what's called the alternate payee, the person who's getting money from someone else's retirement plan, they now are set up so that they can say, when's the earliest I could take this benefit? What you know, how much would it be if I took it at the earliest date? And what are my options? Is there a lump sum? Is there a monthly payment? All of that. Um, And that's what the end looks like for that. And then they can make their own choices. Um, I want to (laughs) emphasize, sometimes I get heartbreaking cases where, you know, Quadjo was done or not done years ago. And the former spouse you know, we only find out a big problem when someone with a pension, when someone has died or retired or the company's gone out of business. Um, and I do get cases where no one ever did the quadro or somehow some cases they have done the quadro, but nobody ever sends it in. Like the judge signs it and everyone's like, great, we're done. Um, but nobody ever sends it in to the plan administrator. So if, you know, 
the husband works for Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola has no way of knowing that the judge entered this order. Um, and so if he, if the employee dies, retires, um, you know, any other number of things, then there's no, sometimes I'll get a client who says, well, you know, my, my ex-husband just died and I, they told me I'm not entitled to a survivor benefit, but I was awarded it in the divorce. Like, well, yes, you were, but nobody <laughs> established that right legally with the plan or, you know, he's retired <laughs> and he's receiving payments and I'm not getting any. And now he, he's remarried and his new wife is getting the survivor benefit um, instead of me. Um, so it is important to stay on top of the process from beginning to end, from the beginning when you're finding out all the information to make sure you're properly dealing with all the different types um, and forms of retirement and all the way till the end until you have a letter in your hand that says, we have approved this quadro and you have X. I had a case early on in my career um, with a wonderful woman who had been divorced for many years and her husband had been a Delta pilot and she had a quadro and it was approved by Delta back in like the eighties. Um, and then they were, they, he died and they refused to pay her a survivor benefit. And they sent her all kinds of like snotty letters saying like, stop bothering us. Like you don't have a right. Like your quadro doesn't say you get a survivor benefit. Um, and very long story short, I mean, this took years. Um, they were looking at an old version of the quadro. Um, and in all the years that had passed and all sorts of changes within, like we found in the file, the original approval letter that said, you are entitled to 100% of the survivor benefit. Delta didn't have that in their file um, because it got lost in the shuffle. Um, and they had been for years telling her, you don't get any survivor benefit. And they had to write her a check for a significant amount of money for all the back survivor payments uh, that she'd never gotten. And they'd been paying his other wife all along. Um, it was really complicated, um, but only because like she saved that piece of paper um, that we found, she literally had brought me boxes of documents. Um, <laughs> so these days it's much more, you know, we have everything on computer, but still like, to the bitter end when you get that letter that says this is what you're entitled to. You need, someone needs to be on their toes. So I'm, 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 I'm building a, a summary <laughs> of everything in my, in my head here. Is, is there anything, um, is there anything else that, that you want to touch on? I'm, I just want to, I'm just going to take a minute because this will help me and hopefully help our listeners. So Thus far, you've talked about the vital importance of doing the research, educating yourself, finding out the legal name of the plans, bringing the expert in early, not after it's written, not after the ink is dried on your divorce agreement, but early on so that, so that these problems don't happen, making sure that a quadro is written by an expert, that it's reviewed, that it's run by the plan administrators, um, make sure that it's submitted. Uh, make sure that you have a final approval in hand. 
And for those of you who might be listening and going, well, what am I hiring my matrimonial attorney for? When the ink is dry and your attorney goes on to the next 50 cases that they have, you're the one who's either going to have what you deserve or not. And so I would really encourage you to listen through this the show again, write your own checklist, put it in your notebook with all of the other business of divorce and make sure along the way that you're on top of this because this is like an incredible amount of information and how valuable to save you tens, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Yes, and I have to say that is the most coherent, cogent summary of my life's work that you just gave. <laughs> that is like, I wish I could be that concise. But yes, everything you just said, um, that's absolutely it. And I, I can tell you more scary stories to illustrate different points. Um, I want to ask you about something in particular, and maybe it's okay. one of your scary stories, but um, okay. before before I interview, I was trying to read up on Emily's work and my I was going cross-eyed. Uh, And one of the things that had my jaw dropping was the issue of timing. So in the devil's in the details, and can you just tell whatever that story or explanation is of the various ways that that one detail of when can make or break situations? Yes. So that eats up a lot of my time issues. about like I have right now on my desk, several cases where there's an issue with the timing or the date. So let's say this happened a lot in 2008 when the market crashed. Let's say you're at mediation in June of 2008 and you say, okay, we're dividing the retirement account in half. Um, We're dividing the 401k in half. And you don't say as of today, as of the date of the divorce, as of some other date, as of the date the quadro is finished, and then the market crashes, and you don't have any date in there. Um, one of you is going to say, oh, we meant... <laughs> <laughs> that date that benefits me. <laughs> I've seen that play out so many different ways and times um, because, like, I have a case right now where the parties got divorced in 2007, um, the wife was responsible for getting the quadro done and didn't. Um, and it's kind of vague in the agreement. Um, and she feels like she's entitled to um, 50% as if she got it back then and it was adjusted for all earnings and losses since then. And he is very sure um, that she is entitled to half of what was in that account in 2007 when they divorced. There isn't... <laughs> The agreement doesn't say anything. You're going to, if they can't work it out, the judge is just going to have to decide what is meant by the four corners of that document. Um, vagueness about the valuation date and in a, in a 401k type plan, whether that's going to be adjusting for earnings and losses over time, um, that can make a huge difference. And again, the passage of time is going to make a huge difference. So going back to 2008, which was not a fun time, um, I did have a case. I I always say, if you have the amount adjusting for earnings and losses, everyone's going to end up with taking the same risk or the same benefit of the market going up or down. But sometimes people really mean a flat amount. Like she gets $50,000, period. I had a case that I was not involved in until after the fact, but 
the agreement just said, I think it said 50, 50%, which they, which at that time represented $50,000. So they had written in $50,000 and let's say the account was worth a hundred. Well, they made that agreement over the summer and then the market crashed in the fall. And when they were doing the quadro, he didn't have $50,000 in that account. Um, and he had offhandedly agreed to $50,000 instead of 50% adjusted for earnings and losses, or even $50,000 adjusted for earnings and losses. So he ended up having to pay her 100% of his 401k plus some money out of pocket um, be, to make the $50,000. Um, <laughs> so if the agreement had said 50% of the account when it gets divided, 50%, you know, it, it just those little details make all the difference in the world. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I'm hearing in this is part of the complication, besides just the complication of all of these retirement funds, is you're dealing with local, state, and federal law. You're dealing with um, a company and their rules. You're dealing with the market. And 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 so, so that's up, down, or sideways. And so all of those things on top of everything else you talked about, that it's, it's like uh, nailing jello to a post. It's not yeah. so easy to nail down. It is, if you're in it and you know, it's, I don't know how anyone could just like walk up and know all this stuff and know what to look for. Um, I'm going to give you one extra scary story. <laughs> that they just keep thinking about while we're talking because this was such a frustrating and sad situation. So I had a client come to me a while back um, and he was an executive at a big, big company um, with a big, generous retirement plan. And he had inexplicably represented himself in the divorce. There's a lot of people who feel like, how hard can it be? Um, <laughs> so he represented himself. He had signed a settlement agreement and a quadro that said that the wife got 50% of his pension as of the date of his retirement. It didn't say as of the date of the divorce. It said as of the date of his retirement. 16 years later, he retired or was getting ready to retire, got an estimate of his pension, and it was half a million dollars less than what he was expecting because he had a, a quadro in place that said she gets half of what he gets at retirement. And, you know, I first looked at the documents and I was like, okay, you actually signed a settlement agreement and a quadro. Like I was hoping maybe there's a discrepancy and there's something we can fix with a new quadro. No, without knowing what he was doing, this very well-educated man had signed something that was giving his ex-wife of 16 years half of everything he'd he'd earned since their divorce. So when he came to me, <laughs> he said, oh, she's agreed that she's not entitled to this. Um, and I've been very generous over the years. Um, and I was like, awesome, um, <laughs> because we can still fix this because you haven't retired. It's just a new quadro that says, actually, it was meant to be the date of divorce. So I do all of that. It was actually more complicated than usual because of the passage of time, but I was able to get the quadro ready and I sent it to her. And she said, yeah, my attorney advised me that um, this isn't in my best interest. Like, of course it isn't. Like, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh my You're going to get 
yeah, half a million dollars less if you sign this, but you've told him it's the right thing to do and that you understand that this was not what was intended. Um, and this saga went on for a long time, but in the end, it caught, he he was so angry. He didn't pay for their daughter's wedding. Like it caused a huge rift. We went around in circles for a long time. And in the end, he just lost that money. Um, so. <laughs> That's a heartbreaking one to end on, Emily. No, yeah, okay. Well, let's <laughs> let's say that a lot of the times what I'm able to do is work like what feels like a miracle. Like people have been told you can't have this money um, or you know, any number of things could have happened. And I say, actually, um, there is a way to do this. Uh, it just, you know, because there's so much misinformation and weird terminology, people often are under the impression that they cannot do what they want to do or get what they're entitled to. And they can, if you are the person um, <laughs> who who's read the rules and knows how this can work. And so there are people like my, my Delta widow who she'd been told at every turn, no way. Um, but she did get her money plus interest. The moral of the story here, and I'm kind of glad you ended on such a hard, heartbreaking story, because just if you're listening, there's absolutely no reason for you to be in this position. You've now been educated. You've now been informed. You understand and while you may not understand, nor do I, all of the details or complexities, um, what I do believe that Emily has done a brilliant job of is raising the risk and the exposure if you do not invest early and wisely in a quadro expert who's an attorney, who has a lot of experience, and who can ensure that your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted, and, uh, and, and what the intention of you and your soon-to-be ex is, is actually put in place legally and correctly in, in your documents. Yes, 10 times over. Yes, absolutely. Like, this can be difficult and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. And when done correctly, it can, you know, just set you up with what everyone agreed to, what you're entitled to, and you can put that chapter behind you um, and move on. As we wrap up, a, a question comes to mind, which is, um, well, everyone may just reach out to you, Emily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if our listeners are, um, well, maybe it doesn't matter. If, if our listeners are talking to their attorney about hiring a quadro expert, could can you list off quickly two or three or four questions that they want to have answered by their attorney about who this quadro expert is? Like, what, what, what do you advise in that area? What a great question. Um, let me give that some thought. So first, let me say, if you go online, you can find someone who will do your quadro for you for $300. Um, you will get what you pay for. Um, that person is going to spit something out on their computer. They're not going to take care of, you know, the process from beginning to end, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if your attorney says, oh, we're, we use this guy online, um, that should be a red flag. <laughs> um, Stay clear. There are, yeah, <laughs> there are lots of wonderful, um, I have a network, a national network of quadro attorneys. Um, there are wonderful ones in every state. Um, I guess I would ask, 
you know, are you doing the work or is like a team of paralegals doing the work? Um, and, you know, I do everything myself, but many wonderful quadro attorneys have staff that at least does the initial part and, and the legwork. Um, but find out how involved is this expert going to be? Um, is someone who has the experience going to do it? Is this all they do or are they also a divorce lawyer? Because <laughs> this I have found in my career, this is just not something that should be done as a hobby. <laughs> um, I mean, it would be a terrible hobby and no fun, but also uh, it would be, you know, it's just like I said, divorce lawyers have so much stuff on fire all the time. They're not going to be able to give it the attention and to have their brain in that mode. Um, I mean, there are still plant, like when I have to do stuff for the federal civil service retirement every time, and I've been doing this for 20 years, I still have to go back through the terminology and remember how certain pieces of it work. Um, and I, you know, I do this all day. Um, if I was also practicing divorce law or, you know, DUI law, I could not, <laughs> could not give it the attention that it needs. And also if I mentioned that I don't handle military, like if you've got military or civil service or something specialized, make sure um, there are people who specialize in military. Um, make sure that whatever your specific um, area is, that, that that person has experience with it. Um, if now, I'm, lucky, hearing, I'm hearing more than just experience, but like I'm hearing you say, make sure that your quadro expert specializes in quadro, that that's what they live and breathe, and make sure your military person or your quadro expert, if you're in if you're a military family, that they specialize and live and breathe that. Like, I, I want to be crystal clear here. Like, you do not want someone who is a generalist in this area with everything you just described. It sounds like you really want someone who wakes up every day, who lives, who breathes, who understands the fine details of, of this stuff. And anyone who says, and I still get this, it's just a form. You just fill out the form. The company has a form. You just check the boxes. Um, sometimes the form is fine. <laughs> sometimes you end up like the woman in my example at the beginning of our talk where, you know, you just check a box thinking it means what you think it means and it means you get $400,000 less. Um, <laughs> so um, anyone representing themselves as a quadro attorney who says anything about, oh, you know, it'll just take me 10 minutes to fill this out. Um, that's run away. I was just going to say, turn and run. <laughs> right. Um, so any last um, tips uh, as we wrap up, Emily? This is all intimidating. And I, I feel like often when I give talks, like everyone's hiding under their chairs at the end. Um, <laughs> then divorce lawyers will come up to me at the end and be like, I have nightmares about you. Um, <laughs> while you were talking, I was thinking about some of my closed cases and I have hives. Um so don't do that. Um, the what you should take away from this is this is something to know about and to get the right people to help you. We can't all be experts in everything. I wouldn't know the first thing about most things, but I do know about this. Um, and when you're getting divorced, you need a good team. Um, and so just know there's help out there. And also, um, because this is federal law, you're Quadro expert does not have to be in the state that you're in. Um, someone can prepare the quadro and do all the investigation and stuff. 
from anywhere. Um, it has to be filed in your state where your divorce is pending. But if you have a local lawyer who can do that, you can search far and wide. You know, don't feel like you're bound to just whatever's available in Alabama. You can go anywhere. Um, so if you find someone qualified, no pun intended, if you find someone who's an expert in this, wherever they are, um, they can still help you with the, the, the meat of this. The, the, and that's a perfect segue into... Um, how can people find you, learn more about you? Can you just share your information with us? Sure. So um, my website, which is pretty minimalist, is emilyquadro.com, uh, E-M-I-L-Y-Q-D-R-O.com. The best way to reach me is always by email. And my email address is emily at emilyquadro.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y at E-M-I-L-Y-Q-D-R-O dot com. And um, I'm happy to, you know, I can't represent people just like on a phone call or an email, but I can send you in the right direction or tell you if I can help you. Um, and uh, there are, like I said, all over the country, people really well-versed in this stuff. Beautiful. So Emily's contact information is in our show notes. Uh Listen through this show again with um, pen and paper. Take your notes, have your checklist, uh, calm your emotional mind and, um, and get clear because this is, your children are the most important and there is a lot going on. And yet uh, the reason that there is a distribution of assets is so that, uh, so that you're secure in the years ahead. So, so take this seriously. Um, prepare yourself well. There's no reason to feel the victim or be the victim. You have the information now. And, and I think Emily just did, you did such a beautiful job equipping our listeners with the basics to understand, to go forward and find the right person and reach out to Emily. She's clearly like highly qualified. Um, and, uh, and um, has experienced many, many scenarios. So Emily, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us and share your expertise. This has just been so helpful and informative. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to like share this information because I just hate the idea of people sitting at home worrying, like, you know, retirement is it's your future. Um, and there's so much to worry about. Um, it's, I hope that I have at least helped you see there are ways, there are people who know what they're doing. There are ways to get this done and, and, um, you know, you can get it done. Yes. Thank you. And stay tuned. Our next show is with Lisa Zeiderman and, uh, it is, what your attorney doesn't know and how that can hurt you, which is a beautiful dovetail to what we talked about today. So tune in to that, our next episode, and um, be well. We'll be talking to you soon. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching 
group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time. Let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time. Book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking, being, and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce. Our gift to you is taking that first step with you on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Picture this. You're on a John Deere compact tractor, enjoying the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.